Hey, it's Amy, and you're listening to Saving Amy, a podcast about a woman rewriting her narrative, creating her own version of happiness, and sharing exactly how she gets there. Hey everyone, happy Monday. So before we get into today's episode, which I'm super excited to talk about, I'm finally going to talk about my Ashtanga yoga and how it keeps me sober. I just very quickly want to give you a recap on my weekend um, because I had a couple of good things happen and I was actually inspired to make this episode today. So the first thing is, okay, you guys, I went to my first sober party. And let me backtrack a little bit. I went to my first party sober. It wasn't actually a sober party. And what a bitchin' time I had. Oh my gosh. I think Saturday night when I got home, I was still on a little bit of a high from how much fun I had. I only knew the host. So I didn't really know this person's friends at all. Um, but they were so kind to me and I felt so comfortable. I was my typical, normal, happy, thriving, eccentric Amy and she made friends, she told stories, she got to know people, she was present in the moment and she was sober. I'm pretty sure even at the end of the night, I had I had formed a third book club now. So now I have three book clubs that I'm in. I mean, the girls were having a great time. It, it's a very good chance that they woke up the next morning thinking, um, why did I tell that girl that I would be in a book club with her? But that's fine. Listen, I'm just so happy to have met any of you. I don't even know if any of you are listening to this, but it was a pleasure. It, it really was. And I hope to see you guys soon. I had a great time. Just thank you so much for making me feel so welcome. So that was great. And I didn't have to think about how am I going to get home? Should I drive or should I not? When I got home, I didn't have to think, oh God, am I going to have the spins when I go to sleep? Am I going to be nauseous? No, I slept perfectly well, like a little bebe. So I love that for me. The second thing that happened this weekend, which was, I guess, my inspiration for today's episode, was at the Shala over the weekend. And when I say Shala, um, that's the Sanskrit word for house. So when you talk about a yoga Shala, it's essentially the place where you practice yoga. So I guess it's synonymous with... uh, just like a hot yoga studio here in town. So if when I say the word shala, that's what I mean. Just picture a yoga studio. So over the weekend, we had the absolute honor and pleasure of having our practice um, photographed by a wonderful photographer by the name of Jane Brokenshire. Um, I will include her handle on Instagram in the description box, as well as the Shala's Instagram, which is at Ashtanga St. John's. And we had a really great time. I mean, as far as I know, Jane has never actually photographed Ashtanga. I'm actually not sure if she's ever photographed yoga in general, but doesn't matter. I'm sure the pictures are going to be absolutely divine. And very briefly, I got to talk to Jane out in the lobby after our practice on Saturday. And she had told me that she had gotten a little bit emotional 
when she first entered the room and just kind of observed us for like the first five, 10 minutes. And I just thought it was really beautiful. She thought that we were beautiful and that our practice was beautiful. And it was just so nice to have her there in that space. It was also a fun exercise for all of us because the practice itself is pretty difficult in general. And then you add another layer of, okay, there's going to be someone now going around taking pictures. So it was a little bit of mental gymnastics, but I think overall we had the best time. And I, in the past, you know, I've been photographed and filmed in various ways. So for me, like I still held the belief of, you know, Amy, this is a practice. It's not a performance. And I love that I did that because sometimes my ego can definitely get in the way. And I don't love that for me. This is why I was inspired to make today's episode because I do really want to share how Ashtanga yoga keeps me sober. When I first started this practice, I was still a drinker. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a backstory of how I found Ashtanga. So back when this pandemic first happened in March 2020, I had been involved with someone, I want to say romantically, but it we weren't in any sort of real relationship. We essentially just played house for a couple months, and then the moment you could hang out with other people, that person ghosted me. You know, he, he was not white on rice anymore. He was off like a new bride's pajamas. You know what I'm saying? And not in a not in the way that I wanted him to be. So I was ghosted and I was sad. Like I was down and out. This was a pandemic, mind you. And I couldn't just go hang out with whoever I wanted. So, and to even go back a little bit further, years before, I used to practice yoga, but I had a terrible relationship with it. And now that I do more reflection as the years go on, I did come to the ugly truth that I wasn't ever practicing yoga really I was just finding pictures on Instagram that I wanted to recreate and I would try to do it and if I couldn't do it I would sit on my kitchen floor and cry that's not yoga okay but I digress and that's something for another day so back to March 2020 I'm at home or well it's probably not March at this point it's May I'd say and I see my dusty yoga mats in the corner of my living room just collecting dust And I was just so down and out and sad. I thought, you know what, Amy? What the hell? What's the worst that's going to happen? Right? So I said, screw it. I brought the yoga mat out into the kitchen because at this point, I still had living room furniture. I mean, I digress, but I did sell all of my living room furniture so I could have my own home yoga studio type deal. So I brought my yoga mat out in the kitchen and I started to do some stretches And I remember trying to do a push-up. And in Ashtanga, you are in a position called Shatwari quite often, which I'm pretty sure is fourth position. Please, Ashtanga, please do not come for me. I'm only an Ashtanga newbie. I've been at this for a year and a half. Please just hold space for me, okay? So I, I would be able to do one of those. And my arms would hurt so bad. And my little shoulders and my little muscles. But boy, I would show up nearly every day after that and I would do it again and do it again and then I could do two and then maybe three so then on YouTube since um the pandemic happened YouTube premium was free for a little bit so I found Keno McGregor who is 
she's a popular Ashtangi around the world. I think because she's been at this for a very long time. Um, her social media presence has all always been very large and in charge. She's written a few books. She's just, she's very prominent in the Ashtanga world, in my uh, opinion. So I found her on YouTube. And I remember seeing this guided lead primary Ashtanga class. And then in brackets it said, not for beginners. And I used to think in my head, I'm not a beginner. I know yoga, you know, I, I taught myself how to do a headstand. I know what I'm doing. Ego, but that's another thing Ashtanga teaches you, your ego. You just got to make it shut up sometimes. So I used to do this video and man, the video was about an hour and a half and I couldn't even get through 30 minutes. It just wasn't happening. And I would think, oh my God, like, how can people do this? I thought I was strong, right? Then I found a local hot yoga studio and I started looking through their teacher profiles. And I found an authorized level two Ashtanga yoga teacher. Now, as far as I know, not to toot my teacher's own horn, but like kind of tooting her own horn. As far as I know, she is still the only authorized level two Ashtanga teacher east of Toronto. So I think that's pretty badass. I, there could be people that have gotten authorized since I started practicing, but I think that's pretty cool. So I found her. I found her on Instagram and I wrote her and I said, oh my gosh, you are so cool. I want to be you. I wonder what she thought when she opened that back in 2020. But anyway, so she sent me her Zoom schedule for her, her um, online classes. And I thought, you know, I'd love to do that, but I know I really need a teacher. Like, I need a hands-on type of thing. So she told me, you know, I'm opening up a shala and we're having an open house on whatever date. So I was going to that. So I went. I signed up for a month because I thought, you know, if I hate this, I never have to do this ever again. But that is not what happened. I tried it and I completely fell in love with it and I'm still doing it. But one thing that I could tell very, very early on was that my lifestyle would have to change. And I wasn't really being completely honest with myself, but I kind of did know that. I mean, in a nutshell, Ashtanga is normally practiced six o'clock in the morning. And when you're on program, you are practicing six days a week. The really great thing about it is that is your teacher teaches you. And your practice is the same every day until you start getting more poses added on as you get stronger, more flexible, and you can remember the sequence. That's how that goes. I'm not going to go into how Ashtanga works today because I do kind of just want to keep it simple of how this practice keeps me sober. So I want to talk about a few instances just looking back on this stuff where it was like, wow, okay, this is something to pay attention to. So I remember the first week that I had signed up for practice. I had been there, I think, four or five days that week, but I wanted to go Sunday morning. Saturday night, I got completely trashed, completely trashed, as in I woke up with vomit in my hair. I woke up still clothed in a random bedroom. It was bad. And I woke up like 20 minutes before class was supposed to start and I couldn't cancel out of the class because it was too late. And I 
was very embarrassed. I woke up that morning very embarrassed and very ashamed, like very ashamed of myself. So I said, screw it, whatever. Start again on Monday, right? It'll be fine. So I was terribly hungover all of Sunday. Woke up Monday morning, quarter after five in the morning to go to yoga at six. And I still felt like trash, like literal trash, you guys. So I walked in to class that morning and I said to my teacher, I feel like garbage. And I told her, you know, I had been drinking Saturday night. I think maybe I was too dehydrated. I didn't drink enough water that day. And it just got to me. I would always validate the drinking. Hey, we always somehow validate the drinking. Oh, the, it, the beer was too strong. I shouldn't have had that one extra shot, whatever. Right. We just, we make excuses. And my teacher had said to me just very nonchalantly, you know, Amy, at some point, you're not going to want to do that anymore. You're just not. It's something along the lines of that, right? And I thought, okay, girl, whatever you say. So I go to practice. I mean, there was so many times over the course of the month, as the months and everything went on, that I'd show up with really mysteriously looking bruises and cuts. And she'd say, you know, where did that come from? And I would be too embarrassed to actually tell her the truth of where those markings came from. So I knew very early on that my drinking was something I needed to get a hold of, but I just wasn't doing it. I just wasn't doing it. I was just lying to myself. And I think about it now, how I had been so terribly hungover in so many of my practices. And now being, you know, being alcohol free for so long, even though it's only been what since really the end of December, since I've been completely alcohol free. I just can't, I can't even fathom how I did those practices hungover. It's like, like I just see everything totally different. For example, if I had drank the night before and woke up a little bit hungover but went to class, I, the thoughts in my head as I was practicing would be completely different than now. For example, if my balance wasn't really that great, I could always chalk it up to, oh yeah, that, that was the little bit extra alcohol I had last night. Like I'm not, my balance is not that great. That's why. Now I don't really have those thoughts at all. And I cannot believe that I had just have done so many practices so hungover. It's wild. I don't, and I think that is a realization that I had to come to terms with of maybe how bad of a problem I had. I was used to the hangover, I think. And now, especially on the weekends when I go practice, it's like like the, my weekend practices are my favorite. I love being in that room on the weekends. One, now I always know I'm sober. Two, a lot of the regulars just go on the weekends. I don't know what it is, but we it's like we all come together on the on the weekends. It's so beautiful. And and we all practice together. Obviously through the course of the time I started yoga up until a few months ago, I had still kept drinking. And I had read and heard through, like, you know, I started kind of studying Ashtanga, I guess you could say. And a big common denominator that I am finding is that a lot of Ashtangis are sober. A lot of Ashtangis have had really crippling substance abuse addictions. And I feel like I found my niche. Like I feel like I'm, I'm being seen. And I almost feel like now I have not a responsibility, 
but I just want to share this with the world. I want to share this practice with the world. I want to share how it's helped me stay on the right path. I don't think that Ashtanga, just as its being or whatever it is, has single-handedly um, improved my life. Like, it's not all because of that. There's definitely so many things that come into play. But I can say with absolute certainty, you know, if the shallow was taken away from me tomorrow, if my teacher was taken away from me, and God forbid, all of my lovely fellow practitioners that are there with me almost every day, if that was all taken away from me tomorrow, I would still have this practice. I would still have my mat and I would know every day exactly what I have to do. And I find so much comfort in the discomfort now. And I feel like for years I was saying that, but I wasn't staying true to it. And I don't even think I really believed it. When I first started practicing Ashtanga, and if I had a home practice, I was so troubled, I guess, by my own brain and my own thoughts that I would actually have to turn on a movie and have the movie on with me in the same room while I was practicing because I was just so uncomfortable. But now, a year and a half later, I find so much comfort and safeness in the silence, which I never thought I would be able to say. I definitely don't do hour-long meditations, but something that I have started doing fairly recently is forcing myself to take a longer shavasana than I used to. I'm very much the type of person, do my practice, you know, get out of there. And that's very counterproductive. When you've done this incredibly hard practice, your body needs to lie there and absorb everything and let everything settle. Or when I was going through, you know, I had mentioned I'd looked up a website and I, and I found um, this teacher online. I had been going to a local hot yoga studio and there was one class that I loved going to because it, in particular, it was very challenging and I loved it. And one day the teacher who was teaching, we finished up class and she came up to me and she said, you know, have you ever tried Ashtanga? Because I feel like you would be, you're built for it. Like you, you would be so good. And I said, you know what? There's a shallow opening downtown, like in the next couple of weeks. And I've signed myself up and I'm, I'm very excited. I wish that, and I probably already mentioned this before, but I wish that I could get everyone just to try it just one time. There's not going to be an epiphany moment where you go to an Ashtanga class for the very first time. And you're like, oh, I found enlightenment now. And oh, sunshine and rainbows and kumbaya. And that was great. And I can't wait to come back. That's not what Ashtanga is. I think Ashtanga forces you to uncover these very uncomfortable truths about yourself. And you have no other choice but to face them head on. And I love that. Like, I think that's a way how, it keep, how Ashtanga definitely keeps me sober. I love how I just show up in the morning or whatever time class is, and I could be in the worst mood possible, but no one cares. You're not special, or you are, you know, you could just look at it either way. Either you are special or you're not special. You don't get a pat on the back for getting a new pose. You don't get any of that. It just, 
practice just is what it is. And something that my teacher has always told me is Ashtanga is not what it looks like. So for someone outside looking in, I mean, you he- you might hear the word Ashtanga if you're familiar with yoga at all and think, oh God, that that's for like those contortionist people. That's not for me, but it is for you. And I think what people don't really realize is, you know, my teacher, for example, she's been teaching, she's been practicing this ever since, like she was 28 or 29 years old, like around my age now. And of course, when she practices, her body is doing these very beautiful, picturesque looking asanas. And when I say asana, that means pose. But what people really don't realize as someone just outside looking in is that there's so many years of real blood, sweat and tears, taking the words right from my teacher's mouth, that go into that. And that's what people don't see. They just see this this picture, this one little moment of time, to, you know, to tie it back to social media and how toxic that is, right? And... Ashtanga is just not what it looks like. Everything that happens internally is is simply magic, I think. And I'm only a little spring chicken. I've only been at this for a year and a half, not even two years. And I'm very much forward looking to this, looking forward to this journey that I'm going to go on essentially for the rest of my life. Because a lot of practitioners that go to the shallow, they've been doing this for decades. And I think the dedication to the practice is just, it's spectacular. So with all that being said, that's exactly how Ashtanga yoga keeps me sober. And if anyone ever has any questions, any big or small, sometimes people write me and they say, oh, Amy, I'm scared to try Ashtanga. It's scary. And listen, it is scary. But it's okay to be scared because it means that you're doing something really brave. Thanks for listening to this episode of Saving Amy. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to this podcast and rate it five stars. I will talk to you soon. Take care.